0: welcome back to on point my name is david peck and we have uh, more to come here for the uh, the show tonight so stay tuned and glad you're with us always appreciate you listening in and and you know it's really about taking some of these issues uh, seriously it seems to me and again one of my favorite expressions you know peel back those layers and and go beyond scratching the surface and we're going to do that uh i trust with our next guest we have uh, shuvaloy majumder here with us he's a foreign policy director and monk senior fellow at the McDonald laurier Institute and former director of policy, the Canada's foreign minister. Uh, Shouveloy, thank you so much for joining us here on the show tonight. Thanks for having me, David. So you know we've got a couple things I wanted to, to to step into, and one may take more time than the other, and that's okay. But uh, w- I really want to ask you about this this uh, uh, Baltic pipeline leak that's going on. I mean, the, frankly, it's a little bit terrifying to me, anyway, on a certain level, on a global level, if they these are in fact what are being uh, labeled by some in Denmark as deliberate actions can, can you tell us a little bit about what's happened uh um russia's accusing ukraine etc and, and, and unpack it and give us some context
1: yeah of course man thanks for the opportunity i mean it should it should cause panic in the sense that that's what it was designed mm-hmm. to do
0: the right. russians
1: have been using blackmail and um leverage of their energy supply to europe to have their way it's what funds their war in ukraine and uh keeps their kleptocracy alive and so going into the winter, um, the Russians have been threatening Europe with energy supply for several months now, and their objective has been to uh, get Europe to settle down, to, st- to have Europe stop providing support or soften the support that they would have otherwise provided to Ukraine in Ukraine's defense of Europe uh, and generally of human dignity. And so the bombings that you saw in the pipelines in the Baltics was um, Uh, you know you're you're hearing the governments whether it's polish danish or others uh describe that they need to do a proper investigation but you know three bombings of this variety is is more than just a coincidence and it is clearly um an attempt for russia to demonstrate um how vulnerable europe is on russian gas dependency and the objective would have been to uh increasingly Uh, challenge European society to consider the the costs of supporting Ukraine, particularly in the context of pocketbook issues as we head into the winter. Many European nations are already considering how to ration energy. We've seen the European Union and European governments come up with staggering levels of subsidies for Europeans to buy energy going into the fall and into the winter Um, and uh, moving at lightning speed. To try and reorganize their energy supply and secure new supply, including from Canada. So this fits into the context of how Russia has been blackmailing Europe and this latest uh, escalation by Russia, which, you know, I have to say allegedly, but would be very surprised if it wasn't them um, is certainly concerning.
0: Yeah, it, it is concerning. And, you know, in this, I, I, I think your, your your answer is so interesting. You know, this is, it should, I don't think it was prescriptive in the sense it should cause panic, but, but, but that's what the intention behind these types of acts are. Um, do you, you know, in this particular article, I've been reading and some of the research I've been doing that the phrase is, quote, the era of Russian domination in the gas sphere is coming to an end, close quote. Do, do you think that's an accurate statement?
1: can if countries like canada can step up we can guarantee that the era of russian domination comes to an end you know germany alone buys a billion dollars a day worth of russian gas just to keep their their country running and canada is more than capable of supplying that through a multitude of sources and you know had six months ago over six months ago at, at the inception of this invasion um, had we done what the Germans and Europeans have done, which is build pipelines and importance for infrastructure uh, around the realities of Russian dependence, then we would have been able to replace that Russian contract in, in Germany and produce reliable, long-term, ethical, mm. clean Canadian gas to Europe for the next 50 years. Um, and in doing so, we would have given you know, Canadians an opportunity to get out from under the pandemic and invest in the things that they care about. But because we haven't, and because you know uh, there are other sources of gas, which countries like Germany and other states in Europe are turning to in the Middle East, uh, it continues to be a question, the kind of leverage Russia can hold over Europe. We, we've fallen short on our uh, capacity mm, right. as a country to solve this problem.
0: So so I'd love to shift gears just in the last few minutes here. You know, Taiwanese analysts are, are warning that the chances of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan has... has re- kind of risen drastically in the last little while. We've seen a fair bit of aggression, certainly incredibly assertive behavior uh, after, you know, U.S. delegates visiting Taiwan and so on. Um, we've got Canadian uh, warships in the strait, uh, which might be acting as a deterrent, but not really probably going to dissuade, you know, an invasion. Do you think this is more just, you know, saber rattling and, and, and sort of political posturing? Or do you think we might start seeing a conflict play out in the near future?
1: I think it's all of the above, you know, David, like on one level, you know, the best way to deter China from invading Taiwan is to ensure Ukraine's success in defeating Russia. If we Mm. can show that, you know, democratic nations will stand together to oppose this neo imperialism that Russia is showing in Ukraine and China Mm. is showing over Taiwan. Uh, That would be one of the most important ways to to affirm deterrence. Another way is, you know, with the Canadian ship joining international partners over the Taiwan Straits, confirming that this is international. These are international waters. These are vital shipping lanes. And China has no claim, no sovereignty over that territory, despite their protestations. But China is in a position now where they want to saber rattle, principally because they're trying to move the yardsticks about how we talk about Taiwan and the island democracy. Um, they're trying to intimidate their neighbors and the West by uh, insisting that Taiwan will return to China as part of um, you know a mythical idea of it returning to China uh, and they're doing this in advance of President Xi Jinping entering his third party Congress confirming his role as a lifetime ruler of China. Um, mm. so clearly the, you know the need to build some momentum around fierce nationalism, particularly as the Chinese economy wanes its you know, pandemic management continues to result in accordant lockdowns um, the opacity of its real estate market and other key drivers in the economy are, are 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 certainly troubling in terms of its growth that it needs to sustain. And its partner in Russia, its partner in crime and international um, norms and rules uh, is certainly weakened a great deal when it comes to confronting, um, you know, the European and the Western alliance. So it, it, all of the above is how I would answer this, and um, it does create a very uh, a risky environment for Taiwan. Yeah, and the risk is palpable, and I think we we all would do well to take that risk seriously.
0: To t- take it seriously, yeah, you got to wonder. And unfortunately, we've got to we've got to go to break in and just uh, shortly. But you y- you do wonder. Where where could diplomacy come into play, or is that just not even at all on the table? And 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 I think we need to have you back to have a further conversation about this because there's a part of me too that wonders how do you lay your head down, anyone around the world, you know, uh, uh, on, on on your pillow tonight if that's what you how you sleep, um, uh, and 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 feel good about what's going on, you know? I mean, there's just. They're, it's it's pretty unsettling when 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 you're out there reading reading the headlines right now. Shouvelet, uh, Ch- thank you so much for joining us here on the show tonight. We've been chatting with Shouvelet McJumner, Foreign Policy Director and Monk Senior Fellow at the Macdonald-Laurier Institute and former Director of Policy to Canada's Foreign Minister. Shouvelet, thanks so much for your perspective tonight on a couple of pretty important issues.
1: Pleasure, David. Talk again soon.
0: Yes. You've been listening to On Point. My name is David Peck.